random encounter at a broadcasting facility. A shared interest and love of all things Marvel. Excelsior! A misinterpreted program title. And behold, a podcast is born. Peter Melnick. Podcaster and comic book enthusiast. And Eddie Wilson! Upstate New York radio announcer, still with an inordinate amount of catching up to do. Peter! What are you doing? Here we go with a new episode of The Marvelists. Welcome everyone to The Marvelist Presents The Marvelists Ms. Marvel, episode number one, Generation Y. I'm Peter Melnick. I'm Eddie Wilson. And joining us on the other end of the tin cannon string, we are returning to this program, Trey Stone. Trey, good evening. Hey, how's it going, guys? Pretty good. You know, right off the bat, one thing I got to say with this show, the show was fantastic. I enjoyed the first episode, knocked it out of the park. Absolutely. And honestly, it exceeded all expectations for myself. But my biggest grievance is not about the show itself. It's the marketing of this show. Because I have been told by a handful of people over the last few days, Ms. Marvel's coming out this week? Mm. That's a really bad sign for marketing this show. And... Obviously, there are cool things with marketing. If you go into New Jersey on a certain uh, highway, I guess, you'll see a gigantic Ms. Marvel billboard, and it looks like she's sitting on there, and there have been people going, oh, my God, somebody's going to jump. But it, it's very, uh, very not that good in terms of the marketing. Like, would you say? Disney Plus, I think, I think most streaming services has an issue with, with their marketing, with, the, with their shows. Uh, we see it with, with Netflix all the time. Disney Plus is not much better. New shows come and go all the time on there. I never know what's going on. Uh, I just happen to click something and, and uh, I'll click on Disney Plus, and something new just happens to be there. Oh, this is cool. This is a surprise. Um, but yeah, this this I actually knew because I, I knew the date. I was looking forward to it. So I, I know this. I know you know a couple of others coming up. She Hulk. I know is. Is uh, next month or no? Whenever that is, I, I got that date written down. I'll be looking forward to that one as well. But uh, yeah, I think the um, marketing on a lot of the streaming platforms is not the best. I mean, everybody has known though about Obi Wan. Like every single week. Like I yeah. thought they were not going to be competing with the uh, Star Wars shows at the same time. Mind you, yes, it is the same streaming platform. They're getting your money either way. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you don't want to delve that attention away from one thing to the other. I feel like. But then again, we're getting two, you know, we're getting two breakfasts, like a bunch of hobbits. So, you know, I don't mind. <laughs> yeah, breakfast and second breakfast. Yeah, exactly. yeah. Um, this is the first time that I think that I can recall that they are doing two premium shows concurrently. I mean, um, they had the Bad Batch. They had Clone Wars concurrently with other Marvel stuff. Although, yeah, that's, but, that's not, yeah, that, that, that's different. Uh, that's, that's not live action. That's It's one of those unspoken things of, yeah, no, I get that completely. It is. Yeah, like, yeah. But at the same time, I feel like they should have put a little bit more oomph behind promoting this because I'll just say it like it's this show has been getting a lot of really good ratings and reviews. You know, ignore the review bombs of woman bad. Let me one star, you know, like those those uh, slack jawed troglodytes. But (laughs) I love seeing how this show looks. It's although one grievance that I heard was. It's taking place in Jersey City, New Jersey, and yet it doesn't. It does not at all look like Jersey City. You can tell it's the Atlanta, Georgia, uh, little uh, production area. So, well, do we know where well, they actually it, shot it? 
Yeah, Atlanta, Georgia. Yeah, they, they, they shot not... in Atlanta, Georgia, but they probably couldn't find enough garbage to make it look like garbage. Oof. Well, you know, it's it's got I, its own. It's got its reputation. And that, that, that one's for any of my cousins who actually do live in Jersey City. We oh, there you are. Yeah, because you know, you're going down the turnpike and you hit Elizabeth, and boom, you get that that smokestack stench stuff. And so, um, yeah, Jersey City. Why would you hit Elizabeth? That just sounds mean to that woman. <laughs> they named a town or city after her for crying out. I don't know why. Why? Because she takes a beating or something. That's, Generation that's not one. Fair. <laughs> But I don't know. I think part of this episode title is a little misleading. It does say Kamala Khan attends AvengerCon, only to discover that she herself might have superpowers. The description, yes. not the title. Title, the title is Generation, Generation Y. Which, because we like you. Well, M O U S E. Mickey Mouse. Donald Duck. Donald Duck. Every single time I was at Disney this past uh, month, and every every few instances uh, they would do the M I C K Y M O U S E. Don, Mickey Mouse, and I yelled, Donald Duck, like really indignantly. Yeah, well, give, that's give a my, good thing. Give my boy his props. Well, my and today is boy. his anniversary. Donald yes, Duck's it is. 1934. As of this recording on June Six, 9th. Nine. Yes. But in regards to uh, the overall, you know, feel of it being Jersey City, I'm like, there's not, a, there's no WFMU bumper stickers. You can't, you know, it's freeform radio, ladies and gentlemen. Why aren't there the bumper stickers? It's Jersey City. Maybe, Believe me, maybe they're, they're there. Maybe they were there, but it got slapped over with a different sticker on Pro- top of it. Probably, you know, just like on a random stop That's sign. Possible. But one of the things... And Eddie, if it was up to Kamala, it would be a Captain Marvel bumper sticker, if she could get her license. Me and Eddie... By the way, I want to go back over to the title thing. You were saying Generation Y... It, I thought you were going to go like, yeah, it is a confusing title. Why are they saying that? She's Gen Z. She's a Zoomer. So why aren't they, you know, I get why, but why? It's one of those uh, questions that reporters ask. Why? But in regards to this episode, one of the things that I really appreciated about it was that element of the style. It's very hip. It's very smooth. It's very now. Yeah, and weekend, blinding lights, opening music. Me and Eddie, when we were talking off mic when I first got into the studio today, I remarked to him, I was getting Spider-Man vibes. And Eddie went on a completely different version of what I was going with, but I saw where he was coming from. He saw where I was coming from. My remark was it reminds me very heavily of Spider-Man Homecoming. The relationship of the teachers and the students, the principal, this, that, the other thing. It's very much that hip kind of Spider-Man vibe. And I could totally see Kamala Khan hanging out with Peter Parker. Or at least, I think Peter Parker is higher on the social totem pole than she is, to be completely honest. Yeah. But Eddie remarks back, before I even say anything, with, yeah, it had a very Spider-Verse feel to it. And I'm like, yeah, it did. So I think a lot of visual cues were definitely borrowed from Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. In both of those uh, spider Realms, yeah, and yeah, I think so. Yeah, you know, you could do. Yeah. S- oh, go ahead. I, I was just saying, I can see where you both are coming from. Uh, I, I actually got a little bit. I mean, I, I definitely got the, the homecoming and the Spider Verse thing, but I, I also got. Uh, I was watching some, something yesterday. I can't remember who it was on, on YouTube. They were talking about it, and uh, they said something that really struck uh, struck a chord to me. They said it was like if modern day John Hughes. With a little yeah. bit of Scott Pilgrim thrown in. John Hughes minus the problematic parts that haven't aged very well. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Stuff, <laughs> stuff that won't fly today. They, they won't fly today, obviously. But uh, but that 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 type of you know teenage uh, uh, you know, thing that all the teenagers go through that that everybody has experienced in their life. Everybody's got a mom like that. Everybody's got a father like that. Everybody's got a, a sibling like that. 
and it, it definitely veers. It veers away from certain elements of what makes the source material what the source material is. And my my first thing that I noticed was the uh, well, obviously everyone has noticed the change in the powers. Yeah. In, in the comics, she ends up getting the Terrigen Mist because this is the time of when Marvel Comics are trying to phase out the X Men and heavily push the Inhumans. It's like trying to make fetch happen. It's not going to happen. So yeah, to be able to and see, and I think Feige wants to stay away from the Inhumans as much as possible. Well, now he does, but the uh, the comics division they're trying to heavily push the Inhumans. We're going to make it a thing, and it didn't become a thing, and yeah. it became a lockjaw. No, no, it became it became the living shits is what it became. Well, but in regards to what it was a nice pooch yeah well i mean i'm talking about the show itself I, and also well. the characters nowadays like the <laughs> the stigma you know you look at the jack kirby stuff that stuff still slaps that's excellent stuff <laughs> but on the flip side nowadays eh, it, it's about as useful as uh the back of black bolt skull so <laughs> <laughs> i just i just i can't you know deal with how those have been dealt with but when it was coming to the origin of Ms. Marvel with her powers, they were trying to heavily lump her in, not so much, but on the side of the Inhumans. And it made sense, because she's not a mutant. The powers didn't manifest due to getting older. It was the Terrigen Mist. You know, like, I, I'm I'm indifferent. But using the, the whole wristband, the uh, bracelet kind of thing, from a family member, that was a cool touch, and mm-hmm. there are some out there saying, oh, you ruined my continuity. Who gives a shit? Like, she is still such a uh, newish... Really? It's a newish character still. She came out in 2014, I believe, 2014, 2015, mm. and you're seeing something that you're also seeing with Miles Morales. With Miles, you end up having that whole element of, we can... It's still fairly... Fluid. You can change up the origin in the video game, in the comic book, in the TV show, in the movies. Everything is different in one way or another. Kamala Khan, well, you can do it a little. You can change up a little bit of stuff. Yeah, well, anybody that says that, that, that it's got to stick to the comics, well, look at Civil War. Look at Age of Ultron. They don't stick to the comics. Yeah. Well, not, not just that, but just the origin. Because the origins, for the most part, are static. They always stay the same. Steve Rogers, Super uh, Soldier Serum. Captain... Or, uh, I was going to say Captain America again. Uh, Iron Man, rich and got hit in the heart. Uh, Spider-Man, dead uncle. Well, no, there's, there's a difference with Iron Man. And originally, it was, uh, what was it, Vietnam that he was taken captive in. And, and, and in the films, it was... But Afghanistan, but again, you Afghanistan. Know, war always war always changes, but the view is yeah. still the same. But you know, with like Spider Man, dead uncle and a bug bite, so it's like it's always going to be the same thing. See, and I when you said Miles Morales, Kamala Khan, I'm like, oh yeah, the same letter, first and last name. There you go, Kamala Khan. There's another one. Yeah, continuing have, that pattern. You have to have the yeah, uh, well, that's, that's, that's and of course you can't forget about Michael Morbius. Yeah, we can. But anyway, in regards... The movie theater certainly didn't. Oof, man. Just a minor update about that, by the way. Opening day for the preview, or the opening Thursday or Friday or whatever, it made $85,000. Now, here's the thing about it. It had 1,000 theaters, so $85 per theater. That hurts. Like, 
I, I do feel for them at this point, although now the rumor and innuendo is a Morbius 2 is in fact going to happen. I think like blood feud or something. It's like... Mm. Who uh, asked? <laughs> okay. And it's not just fighting over packets of drinkable red liquid? Uh, Capri Sun. You know, hey. I don't... I feel like that's going to be the... I don't like having a recurring joke about bashing a movie, but I feel like that's going to be a thing for a while. And it sucks. No pun intended. But, yeah. you know... But like, taken, yes. But who took the butt? Who took the butt? We took the butt. Who took the butt? Anyway. You know, in Doing her... the butt. E-U. 1985. Or 88, perhaps. In regards to the overall thing with, you know, the differences of the origins, I'm liking that. I think... You again, it's still so new. You don't like you have the diehard fans that will be like, You guys, why'd you ruin the continuity of you know my sacred character, the sacred yeah. Jedi texts? But you know, yeah. Yeah, just, and also, let's face it, a lot of people don't know Miss Marvel. Yeah, I mean, I, the, the, what I know about her mostly is from the PlayStation game, the Avengers PlayStation game. She's the main character. Uh, that's where my most of my knowledge comes from from the character of Miss Marvel. Normally, when you would say Miss Marvel to me, I think Carol Danvers before she became Captain Marvel. Yeah, but so, now you know the title so this has changed. A new character to a lot everybody or most people, so it doesn't matter how you know if they've changed you know the origins just a little bit. And you just mentioned the the Ms. Marvel appearance in the Avengers game by Square Enix. Again, yeah, they mix up that origin. You know, her yeah, addiction yes, of the characters. She wins a, a fan fiction contest. Awesome. Yeah. In the comic books, she uh, goes to a party that you know her parents don't want her to go to. So in turn, you know, she ends up getting exposed to the Terrigen Mist, and then so this in... is kind of like a mixture of both. Yeah. I mean, she sneaks out to a, a comic, an Avengers comic convention. The, yeah, Avengers. Which is basically, what was basically the, the in the game is a comic convention. And what on the uh, on the camera? What gets me about this though that I find really funny. The Avengers con, like, you know, when you see a Marvel show is about to come out, certain stores will start to, you know, stock the shelves with stuff so you can get prepared for it. And when yeah. Ms. Marvel was announced, Box Lunch, which had just opened up near us, they had a whole Ms. Marvel section of, like, different T-shirts and stuff. And I remember seeing the Avengers con shirt. I'm like, I wonder what that is going to be. Obviously, it's a convention with Avengers. It's pretty on the nose. But... <laughs> how is that going to be incorporated in her story? And then I'm seeing Sloth Baby, Sloth Baby, and I'm like, what the hell is Sloth Baby? And if you read the comics, sloths with wings show up in her comic from time to time. So that's, you know, her animal of choice. It's the LOL so random spork thing, you know, just, you know, I'm going to pick a sloth because it's slow and that's funny. Ha, ha, ha. But okay. yeah. I, like, uh -huh. I like the... Uh, the teases with the merchandise because that's one of my favorite parts about when these shows and movies and games and everything come out because you're looking at it and like what is that going to be and you put the pieces sometimes your expectations maybe exceed what actually happens that happens to a lot of us but to see you know some of the stuff early it's like it's cool to guess you know mm -hmm. I think what we have to get out of the way if we haven't already implied or some people will totally not want to watch this show because Kamala Khan, as the show description says, a Muslim American teen is a superhero mega fan who discovers she has superpowers. But she's an uber fan of Captain Marvel. And some of our listening audience, folks out there, don't care for this character at all. So, well, screw them. That's their <laughs> thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that, that, that's stupid. 
It, right, exactly. So, but part of the thing is um, now I forgot what context. Unless she's doing we were a, a simulated recording in the beginning of this episode that she's saying new episodes drop every Wednesday. Yeah, yeah. But, but my thing is, I found really funny before this show came out. It got perfect reviews, but if you go on like Rotten Tomatoes, if you go on IMDb and you see the review score for it right now, it's low because it's a bunch of man children going on saying "woman bad." I hate, I hate Brie Larson. It's like. Show us on the doll where she touched your fifis. <laughs> like, really? Like, who gives one iota of a shit anymore? Like, if you and again, I hate getting on the soapbox, but if you don't like it, don't watch it. Like, and it, it sucks because these fans are so vocal, you can't ignore it. Yeah. And it's well, like they're the, they're the unsilent minority. They're the ones with the loudest. Megaphones because they got the smallest basement that they live in. The echo is pretty good. <laughs> a plus. There uh, you go. Well, that, are we, is the show upsetting some other people when, when the line was said that uh, steampunk is dead? I didn't even know it was sick. See, I, but <laughs> thought it was still a thing. I've seen a Batman steampunk steam, co- steam cosplayer, and steam, it's like cool. Steampunk is the most cornball thing, though. <laughs> Like it really is. Like got its own little you, niche you, within you, the niche of comedy. When you mentioned the Batman thing, though, that's cool. I like seeing stuff like that. You know, where you can like do it in a costume. But when I see like, oh boy, how will I add cogs to this today? Have you seen the Batman R two D two? Okay, that's cool again. You know, too. you mean steampunk R two D two? No, I mean Batman R two D two. It was just a, Batman R two D two. No, I can um, see that. I need that. I, I don't scheme. know what it is, but I need it. I'll send you the picture. <laughs> But in, reg- <laughs> right. in regards, like you know, what do they do for like eating cereal? Do you like you know put a bunch of cogs on a spoon? Whatever keeps the gears moving. Sure no, Siri, I don't want anything to do with you right now. <laughs> <laughs> but well, Mr. Wilson did in his office that uh, Kamala had to go to. Gabe is his name, by the way. This show is brought to you by our Patreon. Go to Patreon.com/slash/TheMarvelists. And on the $3 tier, you'll get access to episodes early and ad-free. The $5 tier gets you our two bonus shows. One, Fantastic Voyage, where we dissect and just talk about the 102 issues, one by one, although if it's a storyline more than one at a time, of Stan Lee and Jack Kirby's amazing, incredible, spectacular, invincible, and fantastic run of the Fantastic Four, the world's greatest comic magazine. And... Two, you haven't read that? A show dedicated to the comic books that I haven't read yet. Some Marvel, some DC, all fun. And on the $8 tier, pick a topic of your choosing, not a topping of your choice. Or perhaps you can be a guest on The Marvelists. Above all else, we thank you for your continued support. And again, it's it's got that feel, you know, of the uh, the whole issue of... Oh, so I got, you know, four days to figure out my future. But we had the Mulan <laughs> reference or whatever. Well, the whole the whole thing is the comment that has been made about this show early on was it feels it looks like it's going to be a Disney Channel original sitcom, uh, teen sitcom. First off, I don't think any of these people have watched those shows. They're just putting teenage and Disney together and they're like, oh, that's clearly what that is. Yeah, but. The, it does have the teen drama show elements, and you know I want to put this out there. I had said to a friend, "Be sure to listen to the Marvelist as a 33-year-old man and a 50-year-old uh, uh, gentleman talk about a Muslim American teenage girl and her wacky misadventures." And it's like <laughs> the whole issue of relatability. 
myself and Eddie and Trey yourself, we don't have much to relate with them. I was a teenager once, but I was not a teenage girl, nor was I a Muslim American teenage girl, nor was I, you know, given superpowers. So I can't relate to this character whatsoever. In those ways, perhaps. But in other ways, I think... (laughs) What way would I? What other ways? Being... Being in high school, being uh, yeah, picked on yeah, okay. well, I maybe well, somewhat... like, like I said, having a family that I, I I've seen some traits in that mother that I've seen in my own mother. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, my, my my mother still she call she texts me every day, good night, every single day, it's like clockwork. Okay, you know, she she tells me all the time that no matter how old I am, she's always going to be my mother. And like the th- I was told that also, not by yours, but by mine. Yes. <laughs> okay. and, and the thing is, in regards to that, you know, the quote-unquote relatability kind of stuff, yeah, there's not going to be a lot of stuff we really, truly will relate to, but tell us a good story. Tell us a, a good story with engaging characters, characters that make you want to tune into the next episode. And my biggest takeaway so far from this show has been... There's only going to be one first AvengerCon, yes. Yes, Eddie, but anyway... What I'm getting at is it'll always be something that I can relate to in regards to a good story. And they've been telling a good story thus far. And that's impressive with the 50-ish minute time frame that we were given for a first episode. And, you know, again, as Eddie was trying to shoehorn in, the whole AvengerCon thing, that is one of the most confusing things to me because it's a con that starts at nighttime, apparently. It's not a convention then. It's a, uh, oh, I don't know, nightclub party thing. (laughs) Or it's like a special, yeah. you know, uh, what's it called, uh, pop-up shop. Yeah. But yeah. the unless it started during the day and they just couldn't get there until night or something, but I would, they didn't I would, probably mention that. It may as well be because that whole time frame stuff went off kilter. <laughs> that was cool to, yeah. to see how that unfolded, right? How and, they were going to do it and how it actually happened. And the lost bike. Oh, but, yeah. Uh-oh. Like they were gonna just jump off, bike off the roof and onto the top of the bus right but the thing about you know the build up beforehand where she wants to do the the costume and her parents do agree like we will let you go but you have to go with your abu which that's fine but the Hulk. <laughs> i was dying when i saw that costume because it, it's that level of like when you're older and you you know your parents are older as well you're looking in on all this stuff you want to spend the time with your folks and be able to do it and cherish as, cherish as much as you can like that's one of those moments like she's probably like thinking like when she gets older like i wish i had done that with my parents look how much they tried to relate with me and did this and did that and there is that element like again cherish them while you can that's the most important yeah. thing and it that's a lesson like they're inadvertently teaching you in that moment you know and yeah, what I because when she when she says she doesn't want him to go, you can see the hurt in her eyes. And aggressive immediately. Eddie, you know, you had mentioned off mic the one thing like you were hoping they would include, you know, a certain kind of music in there. Well, when, when the father's sad, we had a big Hulk, little Hulk, and yes, Kamala, you know, knee jerk reflex saying, "No, you're going to embarrass me. It's humiliating." And then his face changed into being upset, being being sad. And then, of course, we think I think we did think. Too. No, you did. You were the one. <laughs> The, the ending of the Incredible Hulk TV show with that sad Hulk music, you know. Would like, have been... I want that to happen. <laughs> it could have worked. Well, you know, it's all that piano copyright stuff, I guess, from, from that show. They copyrighted, like, one of the keys. They're just like, hey, yeah, this key, the mm-hmm. E key. That's exactly right. E yeah. minor. Yeah. Or... That, that, that would have been a pull to, to do, but nobody would have gotten it. I don't think I would have no, gotten it, and I love that show. Well, the thing is this, like, you know, no matter what, there's always a reference for somebody. And, like, it doesn't yeah. matter if it does, you know if it lands. Like, there's 
plenty of references that you know I don't get in shows, but other people do. I want so many things to see. If you wanted to go back for a second or maybe third watch of this, this, this is all, a visual. So many, yeah, like fireworks. Well, it's, in a way. It's, yeah, it's a visual overload, especially when you get to Avengers. You got to go, you got to go frame by frame. Yeah. And, and, you know, with the uh, Avengers Con, like, we see the cosplay contest. And, by the way, shout out to the MC of the show, MC and a uh, friend of the uh, podcast, Ryan Panagos of This Week in Marvel. Like, mm-hmm. I, I tweeted at him immediately. I'm like, I literally, I tweeted one to uh, WWE referee Jason Ayers. I go, Panagos, holy shit. <laughs> and then I tweeted at Panagos, like, sir. <laughs> because, like. This is a role I feel like he's been practicing for years. Like, when you go to a, a big-name convention, San Diego Comic-Con, C2E2, and, of course, uh, New York Comic-Con, you'll go to the Marvel area, and they're, you know, hosting their little big events. Little big events, yeah. And, you know, you see him get up on stage to judge the cosplay contest for the day. And he is a natural at how he's doing this. Like, you can tell one he's not acting like he literally just shuts his brain off and is like, "All right, it's Saturday. It's four o'clock. I'm at the Javits. Welcome everyone to that." And it's like you can see it, and he's just like perfect. Flip the switch. That's it. Like that. It, it is not his first rodeo, ladies and gentlemen. So, so I, he does well with that, and um, I think also doing well in his character role is, I guess, Kamala's BFF, sort of Bruno. And I wanted to see more of those photon gloves. But you you felt for Kamala when she forgot them in the bathroom when she put on her costume, just like you felt well, for her you when she, you know. Happen as soon as she turned the helmet upside down. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. But in regards to the, uh, we you know, we see her utilizing everything. We see Ant-Man's head fall down, go boom. And by the way, oh. a lot of people were talking about this. Have you noticed little things in the episode, like, Ant-Man is doing a lot of stuff. He's doing podcasts. He's hosting a superhero podcast where he's talking about his career. Yeah, that was in the opening credits. We're seeing um, the Ant-Man merchandise, which if you freeze frame, that's the the stuff from the Ant-Man and the Wasp uh, 2018 action figure line and everything. You're seeing that stuff there. It's like out of everybody, becoming a superhero and quote-unquote saving the world with you know a really shitty van I love that about his character because if anybody of the Avengers was a big success, it would be him. And, you know, just to... No, him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Him. To capitalize on the merchandising and just be a celebrity through that. That's why, like, I'm excited for Quantumania to see what he's going to do. Somebody on, uh, I I think, Reddit or Facebook had mentioned, I would love to see him be the kind of person where he's, like, the show opens with his podcast and, like, you know, he's talking to another superhero. Yeah, mm-hmm. and 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 he, he's been getting a lot of love even in the Hawkeye series. He's added to the Broadway production of "I Could Do This All Day," whatever the song is called. Yeah, well, that, yeah. Day. He, he's added to that, and uh, that's, that's... Just, it, it was just kind of hard for me to watch a lot of that Ant Man stuff after literally watching episode one uh, of The Boys, season three. And if you if you've seen that, there's an Ant Man type character that does something that let's yeah. just say. Um, Invokes the rumors about how Ant Man was going to defeat Thanos before Endgame came out, <sighs> only, only from the opposite end, and uh, it's, well, like, it's probably the most disturbing thing I've ever seen in my life. Well, <laughs> when it comes when it comes to uh, what's it called the uh, the overall thing with Ant Man being this you know pseudo celebrity kind of thing, I'm also appreciative of seeing the Guardians of the Galaxy get mentioned. And by the way. Only yeah. one character gets mentioned or shown throughout the Avengers Con. 
on like merchandising, you know, bootleg fan shirts. Drex? And that's Groot. Well, yeah, you see you see the cosplayers as him, but you also yeah. see a lot of uh, Groot stuff. And Groot doesn't have a name in their world. They don't know what his name is. They haven't heard him speak. Because oh. then they would have known. Oh, well, yeah. But instead, they there's a shirt with him and I think Rocket, but I'm not 100%, and it calls him Mr. Tree. Oh, okay. well, there you go. So in, well, Thor did it. Tree! You know? I yeah. just think the idea of calling him Mr. Tree, you know? Oh, Title, I'm not, I'm not show Mr. respect. I'm not know? Mr. Tree. That's my father's name. <laughs> well, that's what Mr. Wilson said about, yeah, that's my father's name. I'm Gabe. I'm Little Sapling. I, I like how the, part of this is throwback or callback, if you want to call it that, that AvengerCon is well, don't call it a comeback. Oh, thank you for that drop me you're, reference. You're welcome. Camp Lehigh, which wouldn't necessarily have been in Wharton, New Jersey, but close to you know the Jersey City area, perhaps. Um, but yeah, and then seeing later, not only you only ho- heard by an audio cue Camp Lehigh, but then seeing that banner, not Bruce, where it says Home of Captain America. America, yeah. And oh, that's like, whoa, and this... And the song, the Star Spangled Man with a I'm plan. I loved hearing that. that. Yeah, and you I had those, it. those. Um, I guess from the 1940s, that era of those cap dancers, so to speak. The, the Something Sisters. I forgot the name. The oh, okay, right. You know who I'm talking about too. Like they did a lot of stuff in the 1940s, 1930s. Yeah. The Something Sisters. Like the Andrews Sisters. Yes. yes. Oh yeah, the Andrews Sisters. Right. Excellent lot, poll. I did not expect you of all the people in this group to be the one that would get it. Well. <laughs> A plus. Well, I'm a big fan of Advocate Stone. They were in a lot of their earlier movies. Uh-huh. Perfect. I get that. That'll do it. Forget the baseball thing. Mm-hmm. And in regards to uh, just, you know, the uh, the cataclysmic end. By the way, did did you guys catch the mid credit scene? Yes. Yes. What did you think of – how perfect is that for her to have a mid credit scene in her very first episode? Well, hey, yeah, She's you know. the big Marvel – oh, by the way. I wanted to talk to you guys about a, a certain thing somebody was discussing with this episode with the Hank Pym, or not Hank Pym, Scott uh, Scott Lang merchandise. Mm-hmm. You're looking at the uh, Ant-Man figures, and it says Marvel, Ant-Man and the Wasp. In this universe, is Marvel the uh, brand you know, that they licensed out all the superheroes to? I don't know. Because it's such an interesting little thing, like seeing that, like, Marvel does exist in the MCU, but as something completely different than what we would expect it to be. Was it on the box? I don't remember seeing it. Yeah, you got to like uh, freeze frame it when you see the uh, the twelve inch action figures. Okay. It's that, like right okay, there. Okay, so, so so it could be something that they that they the, the in universe company licensed, or it could be just they just put a bunch of boxes there and forgot to blur them out or, or change change see, something. I don't think that would be the case because I, I would imagine, you know, Kevin Feige would be busting heads, you know, the crowbar. So, and, you know, he well, would yeah, do Well, yeah, obviously. But, uh... I, I like how the, the fan community, when talking about Kevin Feige, makes him into this vicious man who would just beat the shit out of someone over spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, uh, I remember seeing an interview years ago with the cast of the Avengers, and Robert Downey Jr. says that Kevin Feige has a watch that he presses a button and says your name into, and if, if he says your name, then Mickey Mouse snipes you. <laughs> I got him in my sights. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, seriously. I was going to just go back and make mention of Kamala in all that uh, when she, you know, starts exhibiting the superpower on the stage of the um, contest and how saving her classmate Zoe from, I'm going to call it Pendulum Mjolnir. I thought when that 
hammer hit Zoe, she was done. She was pulverized, but I guess not. Yeah, no, she climbed, like, she, she was able to grabbed hold on. it. Yeah. And I, I initially laughed when I saw that scene because I'm like, damn, she got messed up. I, that's right. That was shocking. A shocker. But no, it was smashing, Eddie. But anyway, so. Smasher. That's right. It's that whole Avengers Con thing. I love seeing it, and I just think this show also, from a visual standpoint, benefits the most from nighttime, more than any other Marvel show or movie has in a while from the MCU. Not talking, you know, the uh, the like the X Men movies or Morbius or you know any of the other ones, but like you're looking at it from a nighttime visual and seeing the neon lights of the city and just again. Flashing lights by uh, the weekends, utilizing that kind of song, it's perfect, and it gives Blind, it, blinding lights that too. Okay. But it gives it, you know, that visual that makes it its own thing compared to the other ones. I love that. I feel like having those bright colors, vibrant colors, mm-hmm. helps out from a standpoint that does separate it from a lot of the other things. Like that visual standpoint could, you know, maybe tie in even linking her over to the Guardians of the Galaxy in a roundabout way with the yeah. color choices. Right. Right. Exactly. Um, uh, two more things I think I had left to make to again mention is when we get uh, when Bruno gets Kamala helped back up into her bedroom window on the second floor, and then we have that whole mom confrontation stuff. That's the second time where, not only with going through her Nona's stuff and finding this bracelet, which her mother says that is junk, but I, I'm convinced that her mother knows something, knows yes, stuff no, about about the past. So that's going to have to be a character to watch for sure. And and then we get very close to the end of the episode, and like we saw, while the two kids Kamala and Kamala and Bruno riding their bikes, thinking about how they're gonna do the costume, and you saw the graphics of, you know, animation moving on the brick buildings as they're passing them by. So too at the end here now, are you seeing different pictures, interpretations, or whatever of Ms. Marvel? Like the first one I noticed was what I think was Ms. Marvel number one from 2014 or 15, which is just from a chin down shot on that building. And I said, oh, cool. And then they outline the lightning bolt effect, if you will, and others that occur throughout seeing that. That was a pickup on um, this first viewing. So, Well, it's also an eminence front. It's a put on. A put on? A put on. (laughs) But... But now to go to that mid credit scene um, and then getting that cell phone video that someone took at the AvengerCon and Kamala's power being shown. Beams? Being shown. Um, I don't know. They I, To me, I thought there were two agents of some kind. And he, more than she, of the two agents, looked somewhat familiar. I can't place from, from where. You'll kick yourself when you realize it. Probably. Eddie, don't hurt yourself. He's in No Way Home. Some oh yeah, yeah the uh, the policeman or not the police the detective, yeah the, yeah, the one the, 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 the um, damage control the guy that arrested Peter. The my favorite thing about him when uh, Spider Man No Way Home speculation was coming about and we didn't see anything other than the first trailer, the man with the really hairy arms, because everyone thought oh that's Charlie Cox because Charlie Cox yeah. has really hairy yeah. forearms. Mm. So whenever I see him, I have to immediately think hairy forearm man. Yeah. Comics are weird. I, I, Comic I, fans I, I are just weird. Call them the Dick Johnson, but I, I can see that. I can I get that completely. But in regards to the what else? The um episode overall. Go ahead. Well no, not just that, but oh. in regards to 
the episode overall. Oh. Uh, hey, Zuzu. <laughs> Zuzu paddles? Turn off the lights. Wait, that's Nelly Furtado. Um, that was the name of the device that Bruno came up with. Oh, then. oh Eddie. And the oh, dad yeah, was... The, the, the Google Home and the Alexa thing, yeah. Yeah. I thought it was, it was cool to see stuff like that incorporated as well as the... Yeah. Uh, there was re- there was something I want to uh, touch on. I know what's going to end up happening is I'll remember it after we stop recording, and mm-hmm. I really don't want that to happen. But with her, with this uh, portrayal of the character, Imani, the actress, she does such a phenomenal job. And like, oh, absolutely. She, first off, she's a fan, like a legitimate yeah. fan of all this stuff. So to see this, this is the equivalent of local t- kid, local kid done did good. You know, it's that. Yeah. And she's also a snarky little shit on the internet, and I appreciate that. Like, yeah, well, look at her letterbox page, by the way. If you ever go on letterbox.com and you find her profile, like, she's very critical of things. Like, she she criticized quite a few things with the MCU, so to see her shit on things, I appreciate that. Like, yeah. you got a fan legitimately in the role, mm-hmm. and. Obviously, you know, Detective Feige has, you know, scoped the internet for everything about her just in case. But no, well, it's a funny story how she got the job. I was watching, I want to say Kimmel the other day, a clip of it on, on, on YouTube, and, and uh, she said the same thing on, on uh, the Tonight Show. Uh, I was on Trevor Noah, um, not the Tonight Show, um, whatever his show is called. But she, her aunt sent her the audition through WhatsApp. And she, at first she thought it was fake. Mm-hmm. And then she, you know, she followed it like like the last, you know, minutes or whatever, and she she followed the instructions to, for the audition, and that's how she was huh. eventually chosen. So. But she, but she, she she did talk about how she was on both shows, how she was a fan of, of Miss Marvel for years, how she used to dress. So uh, one year she dressed up for her as Halloween, and uh, she made she made a costume that looked pretty good. They showed a picture of it. And everybody thought she was the Flash because of the ball from on, on the costume. Oh. Mm-hmm. And to be able to see this character come to the big screen finally, or a little screen, but eventually the big screen with the upcoming movie, oh, yeah. The Marvels. Yeah, yeah. It's nice to see that this era of Marvel is being immortalized in the realm of com- you know, in the realm of these these projects. And do, did you ever think in your wildest dreams that this character would come? To the little screen and eventually big screen this soon. No, Mm-mm. I mean I, I remember watching Iron Man for the first time, or for the second time I should say, because I saw it twice in theaters. And I went back the second time because I was told that there was an end credit scene. Oh, so I, so I was told that was and my my cousin told me there was an end credit scene. I had to go see. I wouldn't believe it. So me and my friend went back like you know a weekend or two later, and when when. Samuel Jackson stepped out and said, "You know, I've got this thing called the Avengers Initiative." I didn't, I didn't believe that. I said, that, "I said they're shooting for the moon. It's never going to work. They might get one or two in, and then you know something's going to be a bad movie, and they're going to let it go." So, but uh, we had Robert Downey Jr. show up in the Hulk, and of course, you know, Thor's hammer at the end of Captain America, and everything you know played out as it did. And my prediction, I, I, I was right about the prediction now. One bad movie would cost the universe. I just got the wrong universe. Instead of the MCU, I hit Universal Stark Universe and killed that franchise. <laughs> well, one one thing that you know I appreciate is the fact of they prove us wrong in so many different ways, and I love I love being proven wrong. 
Yeah. I remember for years on this program, you would hear me talk about how, oh, Marvel eventually recast uh, Ryan Reynolds as Deadpool. Like, they're not going to have him play Deadpool anymore because they didn't make it. Mm. Yeah, I was wrong. The, the, the internet would burn Disney World down. Like, there's so much stuff, though. Like, I love them proving us wrong, or proving, i.e., me wrong in this because you want to see something unique and original. And also just put your trust in them. Are they perfect on everything? No. Eternals exists. But <laughs> there's so much that they are able to successfully work on and do. And, yeah. you know, I feel like eventually down the line, Eternals will matter a little bit more. They'll retcon something, make it work, and just, you know, they will take that shoe box, they will cut off the toes and try and jam the foot in there. Because the shoe is too big. The foot is too big for the box. Not well, the somebody shoe. has a mismatch there for sure. But they'll find a way to make it work. And again, look back at Endgame. They made people give a shit about Thor The Dark World as well as just the other quote-unquote missteps and misfirings in yeah. the MCU. You know, I went yeah. to go see uh, the Avenger, or the uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Cosmic uh, Rewind. The Celestials pay a, play a part in that ride. And you wouldn't think they would, but they do. And it's like, oh, I have to pay attention to Eternals now? But you have to. And they'll find a way to make it work. And I like that. And I'm hoping with this series we can be able to see a little bit more and just keep going. And this is... Six parts? I believe so, yeah. Mm -hmm. But... I like which, which is a shame, which is I, I think with the biggest my biggest issue with the Disney series is they're not long enough. But the thing I, is I, 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 I think there should be a few I think there should be eight ten episodes apiece. And I think I think I think towards the end of the series that they tend to rush. Which the, I don't want to see happen with this show. In the interest of fairness though, the way this show was structured so far, if they can tell the story in six episodes and get it up and running and perfect. And want you to be looking for more. It will there will be more. I think this is going to be this is tailor made for the Disney Plus format, the platform. And they realize they wanna tap the YA market, the young adult market, people that are into the teen dramas. Like they look at shows like Riverdale and they're just like, Yeah, we want to get in on that kind of stuff. As that shit crazy as Riverdale is. <laughs> but and, it, it, and, and, and I agree, but just so far with all the other shows, uh, I felt that they've they've stumbled at the end where it just needed another episode or two just to make things feel not so crammed in at the end. Like they didn't even introduce a villain in this. We got five episodes. I feel like uh, the how are they going to introduce a villain? I think the villain is not going to be a villain in the traditional sense of being mm, yeah. a physical yeah. person. It's going to be. Her so you think learning. it's going to be like the first half of, of, of just her learning her powers and, and saving people? And I think so. And the villain she's fighting is herself with her immaturity, and she realizes, I have to grow up and do this if I want to be like my hero. Well, she's yeah, fighting... well, unless they introduce somebody at the last second, and then Carol Danvers comes in, and that's where the movie picks up. Mm -hmm. I mean, however it works, whatever they do, I got faith. I think they can, you know knock this out of the park with an embiggened fist. And by the way, I hope embiggened <laughs> is an expression that is finally utilized in this show because... Yes. Oh, yes. man. I, I want to I I see you do it. They have to. They have to at this point. 
they, they, they teased us with the stretch when she saved uh, Regina George or whatever her name was. But, oh, uh, Zoe. Um, when, when she fell from the hammer. Yeah, yeah, Zoe. What's Zoe, yeah. When, when she saved Zoe, they, 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 when she stretched her arm and her fist grew out uh, to, 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 to catch her. But I, I, I want to see the, you know, the 10-foot-tall you know, Miss Marvel you know, swinging I think you know, the size of Wrecking Ball. I think a good ending or a side ending or an end credit would be that Kamala retakes and passes her driver's test. Yeah. And then that's another thing I, I felt personally connected to. I yeah. felt my, oh, as, so. In a, in a similar way. In a, not, I didn't hit another car. When I took my driver's test, it snowed the day before, and the snow was plowed up on the sidewalk. And as I was doing the three-point turn, the K-turn, yeah. the back of my, my car slightly grains the snow. And they considered that an accident. My family test because of that. Uh. So, so I know how she feels, and I love how the first question the mother asks uh, the driver after that is, "What? what uh, why do you have her take the test with all the cars on the road?" Well, and I can relate in a similar kind of way. When I took my driver's test, it was the open course that nobody was on. Of course, only somebody taking a test. And I got to the intersection. I stopped. And I had to proceed through the intersection after stopping, of course. But I got points off that because I did not deliberately move my head to look to the left and then move to the right and to check that no cars were coming in either direction. So something subtle like that when I could see, for sure, nobody else is here. So now before we wrap this episode up, Trey, thank you so much for guesting in this program with us and talking the Marvelists, Ms. Marvel. That's a mouthful. Hey, you're welcome. Because you see the joke, Eddie, is it's the uh, I do. the Marvelous <laughs> Ms. Maisel. I am looking at you right now, aren't I? Yes, you are. Hi, uh, Eddie. You uh, can see me through the thing. can see the joke right now. The who? Why so soon? Oh. Another who? Eminence front again? No, that's a put on. It's, a, it's an over. It's an overkill. How dare you, sir. Anyway, Trey, again, thank you for the, joining us on the program. Well, thank you for having me. How can people get a hold of you on social media? We ask every time, and I know they answer every time. No, you can't. I'd rather well, drink a vial full of acid than be on social media. Underground, he is. All righty. So join us for the next episode. Eddie's going to be in Wakanda again or something. I don't know. We'll figure out what, whatever uh, on I've been going to Latveria. I'm not sure if it's this good time of year in the month of June, but we'll see. But next week's episode, we're going to be having a special detour. It's going to be joining us on the... He will be joining us on the program. My other co-host, John Escudero of Geek Sheet Radio. You can be able to check that out as well. And, yeah. For the Marvelists, I'm Peter Melnick. I'm Trey Stone. And I'm Eddie Wilson. Excelsior. <laughs>